You're a holiday powerhouse. You host the dinners, shovel neighbors' sidewalks, and make everything from scratch. You definitely don't need help making the holidays happen. But Dunkin's Holiday Blend Coffee? A warming medium roast complete with sweet notes of dried fruit and molasses. Or a cranberry orange muffin made with real cranberries just might convince you a little help never hurt. Especially the hot caffeinated kind. America runs on Duncan. Present participation may vary. Limited time offer. Terms apply. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-up bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIOSB, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams and all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIOSB. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio on one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the captain. Brace for impact. Hello, hello, hello. Davey Portman here from Up Next, postwrestling.com, Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, wherever you find us. Thank you for joining us. Hello. And I am not alone today. I am joined not by Andrew Thompson this week, who's taking a, a well-deserved week off, but uh, by John Sino Evil. Sino, how are you? What's up? Yeah, Scoops Thompson put up the uh, Deep Impact symbol in the sky, so I came in kind of like uh, Robin. Dick Grayson came in here just to help him out a little bit for the night. You say Robin. I mean, I, I see the gadgetry right behind you. It looks like you're in your back cave right now. Um, I'm very jealous. You're you're in your brand new comfy gaming chair, I see. Yeah, definitely. I feel like uh, Bruce Wayne when he just kind of stares in his screens and he just kind of does one of these things and he solves a riddle in like two seconds. That's what I feel like right now. It, it looks so comfy. I'm very jealous. I'm currently here. If any of you who've been listening to the show for a while, uh, Braden and I have in the BDE a haunted chair and I'm currently sat in that and it definitely doesn't offer the same back support I think yours does, but uh, we'll have to make do for now. Um, but how are you, John? How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. I feel like I, I just spoke to you and, and, and Braden with the Leprechaun review. And then earlier today, I was with John and Way. So I feel like I'm really making use of, of this little mini studio that I've built the last couple of weeks or so. So it's, it's good to be on the airwaves like once per day, I feel like. Oh, we, we're going to make sure you make the most of it because uh, we are live right now. Twitch.tv slash up next podcast. Hello, Twitchering. Thanks for joining us. We go live for all of our post shows for Impact NXT and AEW, and for any kind of big pay-per-view that's going on. And John, you're going to be joining us this weekend because it is Fastlane, and we'll be doing a live watch-along and post-show of Fastlane. Um, how excited are you for, for this event, John? Well, after seeing that Shane McMahon and uh, Braun Strowman Nickelodeon uh, segment from this past Monday, which I 
swear to God, it was a redo of the previous weeks. Um, and then what else we got on there? We have, uh, I don't even know the line. Oh, Daniel, sure. Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns, I think is the main attraction for me. Um, yeah, had a great match a couple of years ago. And I'm, I'm intrigued by the whole edge insertion as the uh, special guest enforcer, most likely if he beats, uh, beats Jay this week. But yeah, uh, seems weird timing for a pay-per-view. We're just around the corner from WrestleMania. And, uh, it, it just seems that this raw yesterday, they were kind of just setting up for mania and not even really bothering with fast lane. It felt like, uh, strange time for a pay-per-view. Absolutely. But never a strange time to join us for our watch alongs. Uh, we kind of went a little bit viral with our last watch along after the, um, the, the nonsense, which was that exploding barbed wire death match, uh, and our live reactions to that a lot of fun. So. Make sure you check the socials at Up Next Podcast uh, to kind of see when we're going live, and yeah, we'll, we'll join you for Fastlane at the weekend. Um, yeah, you'll never know. You'll never know when Davy and Braden will just randomly start talking about Ted dancing and just talk about Cheers for hours until like one o'clock in the morning. <laughs> oh yeah, we we went off on one yesterday. We watched some Raw and then wanted to stay on. We watched the Zack Saber Junior Will Osprey match from the Super J Cup, and sorry, the New Japan Cup. And then, uh, yeah, we, we kind of got, went down this Ted Danson rabbit hole and it was very fun. A lot of fun. I'm sure we'll talk about it more with Braden tomorrow. Um, but yeah, this is a WWE pay-per-view weekend, but last weekend was an impact pay-per-view weekend and, uh, impact put on sacrifice. Uh, John, I know you write the reports for postwrestling.com. And, uh, I kind of just chilled on Saturday. I had the UFC on and I had, uh, had impact on, um, overall, I'd say a, a thumbs up show from me. Yeah, it was actually a really good match, especially the main event with Boos and Rich Swan. Some of the moves that they did, like that whole, um, step up moonsault into the, um, the springboard cutter, like it was just amazing. And I, I really wish they would have like shown this match on TV today. And I got some hope during the pre-show. They had like this behind the impact show that they put on like an hour before their main show. And they started to play the match. And like, this is great. It's half an hour. They can play the entire match. And then right after the entrances, they literally go right to the finish. And it's like, what like they didn't show any of the match it's like what's the point of that i understand them wanting to get some eyes on impact plus but i heard some people had issues trying to order impact plus so i would have just thrown the match on, onto the episode honestly yeah I, I know a lot of people had issues with impact plus i ended up paying double uh because i ended up just getting it on fight um but i did think it was a very strong pay-per-view i i kind of feel the last few sort of impact plus specials i've enjoyed more than the ones i've actually paid out a bit more money for kind of their bigger pay-per-views i don't know quite why that is i don't know if it's just because they're just letting them go out and wrestle a bit more and not really worrying so much about the storylines but uh, i thought it was excellent and i really enjoyed that main event um i think if anyone thinks moose is just this big kind of ex-football player meathead um who can't wrestle i, I advise watch that match because he's been really impressing me this last year and I think now you've got a great champion in Rich Swan, who um, is probably the right choice to go up against Kenny at, uh, sorry, what's Rebellion? Rebe is it Rebellion? Yeah. I, I, somebody chose. I'm so confused. We just had Revolution, right? And then we used to have a WWE pay-per-view called Rebellion, right? Yep, but now George. Impact. And there was okay. Evolution, Revolution. So you're telling me that you've been enjoying these Impact Plus pay-per-views. Is it enough to say, hey, forget about WrestleMania. I'm just going to watch Tommy Dreamer's Hardcore Justice pay-per-view instead. 
Okay, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's get into this right now. It's announced on on Impact tonight that uh, Hardcore Justice, is that the name? Yeah. Hardcore yeah, it used, to be, it used to be called Hard Justice, and then once Tommy Dreamer came along, they made it extreme and turned into Hardcore Justice. Okay. <laughs> so Hardcore Justice is going to be on April the 10th, which if you're a wrestling fan, that date might ring a little bell because it is WrestleMania that day. Um, I, you, you messaged me kind of off air and I'm kind of thinking the same thing. They didn't announce a time for it. I'm wondering if this might be like an afternoon show and they're going to try and just kind of virtually capitalize on the WrestleMania week sort of festival hype you normally get. Uh, obviously, there are some indie shows running that week uh, in Tampa. But I feel it's just Impact's way of trying to capitalize off that. Maybe a lot of people have booked a bit of time off and just plan on watching wrestling all weekend like they normally would if it's WrestleMania weekend. Because I can't imagine they'll put this in the evening. Surely not. Yeah, I really hope so. I mean, the show's not even live. I'm pretty sure the show was probably already taped like last week. So, mm. like, it doesn't make sense for them to have it going on the same day unless it was a live show. So for them to actually choose the same day as WrestleMania, it would have to be earlier on. Like, this coming Sunday, NWA is coming back for a pay-per-view, but this show's, like, three hours before um, Fastlane is. So they're kind of, like you said, it could be, like, a way to kind of, like, get fans to just virtually watch all wrestling. But, yeah, I'm hoping it's, it's like, 4 o'clock because WrestleMania usually starts at, what, 6, 7 o'clock? Um, so I'm hoping they, they come on seven and normally you get a big pre-show. So maybe five that coverage starts. Um, so yeah, do it like three in the afternoon, something like that would be great. Um, yeah. So impact this week. Oh, I just wanted to get your thoughts. Were there any other matches from, uh, from sacrifice that you'd recommend to our listeners? Um, I think like the last like five matches, which are all like the championship matches were really good. I know Ace Austin, uh, TJP was pretty good. I really liked the tag team match with Finn Juice and the Good Brothers was a lot better than I expected. Mm. Um, the only like probably down point as far as the title matches was ODB and Deanna Perrazzo. I just feel like that match didn't really need to happen. Like the first half of the show could have just been on, on an episode of Impact. But once it got to like the last three matches or so, that's when it really stepped up. Yeah, I, I mean, how... Do you think it would be almost better for them to, as we've seen with AEW, just theme impacts? Like, I know they want their video service and things, but I, I wonder how much kind of uh, traction they actually get from Impact Plus. And especially if they're all having problems like this, I almost feel you should put this on TV, this kind of level pay-per-view. Um, I think you might actually get more viewers regularly watching rather than uh, i would say impact has got better and they've kind of moved away from the silly stuff you, you still got a bit of swingers palace but it's nowhere near as much as we had last summer with wrestle house and all that but i just think every now and then maybe just don't do it on impact plus and put this kind of level of show on tv what, what are your thoughts there well, when they first started doing the shows back when they came back from like lockdown, that's how they were doing it. Remember that the, the rebellion last year was actually yeah. the night of that. So that's how they started to do it. And then for whatever reason, I guess they signed this new contract to do these impact uh, impact plus shows where they're, they're like, they're like, they have to do a show one per month. So because of that, I feel like they, they mm. have to. Um, but if you started to watch this show, they made it feel like sacrifice was their WrestleMania with this video package that started the show. Well, yeah, let's get into it. Cause I, I messaged you. I, uh, I kind of took a bit of Braden's advice and before impact today, uh, had a little, had a little smoke. So I, I didn't know if I was just kind of really happy at this point or <laughs> this video package looked epic recapping sacrifice. 
And I messaged you and was like, John, that was that made it seem like it was a WrestleMania main event or something. That was epic. And you're like, no, they they put a lot of work into that. You've got D'Lo and Matt Stryker just losing their mind and all the big highlights from Sacrifice. But I did think they did a good job. If you tuned in tonight, I think you'd have gone, oh, maybe that looks like a show worth watching. Uh, we start off with the brand new Impact World Tag Team Champions, Bin Juice, David Finley and Juice Robinson taking on Triple XL in a non-title match. Um, obviously, this is, they must have taped so many shows because we all know Finn Juice are currently um, working the New Japan Cup shows and have been for a, a, a week or so now, a couple of weeks. So yep. they must have had so much in the can from this last set of tapings. But the match begins, we have Finn Juice hit double drop kicks and double bulldog to Larry D for a two count. They then try to do the double bulldog on AC Romero, but he just shrugs them off. We get a splash on them both from AC, which uh, kind of looked a bit ugly here. I was a little worried for Finn Juice. Uh, Romero then does this kind of forward roll, knocking out the knees of Juice Robinson to take him out, which I thought looked pretty cool, followed by a splash to the back. There's a running scent onto Juice, but he moves out the way and then uh, just lands to the floor, allowing him to tag in Finley. Finley, with a lot of speed, starts hitting these running uppercuts to either guy in the corner. AC tries to break a pinfall, but misses and accidentally sentons his tag partner, Larry D. Finjuice then sends AC to the outside. There's a double flak jack to Larry D. And then a, a slingshot plancher from Juice to AC on the outside as uh, Finley hits the acid drop, or the Dudley dog as I remember it to Larry D for the win in three minutes, 31 seconds. Yeah, it was short. Um, you know, it wasn't that good, but um, it gave Finn Juice, like we even like discuss off the air, like does Finn Juice like drop the titles? Cause obviously, like you said, they're in Japan and they don't have the titles with them. We even saw the good brothers with them on AW, which was live a couple weeks ago. So we're like, do they drop them before they go to Japan? But no, it looks like they're, in Japan with them, and they might even defend them, as we'll find out later on. Um, but as far as the match goes, yeah, it was short and sweet. Like, I'm not a huge fan of of Triple XL, um, mm. but they, they work fine in these short bursts of the matches. Yeah, I thought AC Romero worked well as kind of a big heel for them to work against, just like size-wise. Uh, Finn, you bring enough flair to make it exciting. For, for like a three-and-a-half-minute match, I thought this was pretty entertaining. Um, still, I, I think there are sometimes I, I'm just a bit, like scared watching AC Romero. I know the guy's been uh, watching his Instagram and stuff. The guy's been working so hard at trying to drop some pounds, but it, it is still scary watching some of the moves because uh, it, it does look a bit dangerous at times for me. Yeah, Impact's tag team division definitely took a hit with the North breaking up and then the Mortar City Machine Guns being out of action. You would think with all these tag teams in AEW, like I know they had private party there for a couple of weeks, but why not send a Bear Country or a Top Flight or any, there's so many teams in AEW, like just send like three or four of them and have like some sort of tournament or something with um with Impact. Uh, I completely agree. I think especially as we're going to learn later in the show that the tag titles are going to Japan and uh, Finn, Finn Juice aren't going to be back until after, uh, until Rebe Rebellion, isn't it? Rebellion, yep. So yeah, wh why not have some sort of tournament to set up the challengers after Anderson and Gallows maybe? Um, and yeah, that revolution, you had a 15 tag battle royal and that didn't even include all the teams. So you can definitely lend a few out. I, I agree with you there. 
after the match, Anderson and Gallows come out and they say, do you realize what you did? That should never have been a title match. We've been so busy right now working these impact shows and AEW shows, um, working over at AEW Dynamite with Kenny Omega and this really terrible piped in pop for Kenny Omega from the crowd comes in after that. Uh, they say we weren't prepared. We were both hungover. Uh, Gallo says he still has jet lag from his flight from Atlanta to Nashville. Uh, and Gallo says they want a rematch. Juice says we'd be honored to give you a rematch. But Finley says we're so busy right now and we're actually going back to Japan. So how about we'll fight you in April, young boys? And then they all start to brawl and Finn Juice escape with the titles. Yeah, I, I know I complained about this in the past, but that like piping in of the cheers is way too much. Like as soon as you yeah. hear Kenny Omega, and like I know it's been like set to death all these jokes about Impact and their audience, but to be honest, their real crowds were never this loud. So I'm not sure where they're pulling this this crowd noise from. But sometimes it's a little bit too much. Like it's some some moments you would think they would actually pipe in the crowd and they don't, and then like parts where they don't they do it's so weird um as far as this goes yeah i mean it's expected that this rematch was going to happen um but yeah i didn't expect them to actually like i guess go to japan with the titles i really thought they were going to drop before leaving yeah I, I quite like this actually good brothers came across as whiny heels finn juice like the smarter baby faces as they're going to kind of escape them and go to japan with these titles for a bit uh do you see these being defended in japan I don't. As much as I would like love it, I don't. I think there was a time, and somebody in the chat room probably can correct me, but I'm pretty sure the TNA, or maybe back then it was the NWA TNA titles were defended. I want to say one of the Dully boys had it. So it's definitely been done in the past. But the way, unless they have a really, really good work relationship with Impact, I mean with uh, with New Japan Pro Wrestling, I can't see them being defended. And if they do, like, who, like, would they actually drop them to somebody over there? Like, can you see somebody from New Japan getting the titles? Like, I don't even know who, which tag teams would even like. Well, I mean, you just want a couple of expendable teams, wouldn't you, to just lose, but have the have the kind of gimmick of just defending the Impact titles. Uh, why not? But I, I can't see like a Japanese crowd really caring. <laughs> I mean, it would be cool for us, but uh, I don't know if that they really care that much over there about the Impact tag titles. Yeah, I feel like I Impact might not have like read all the details on all these like promotion exchanges because like they're helping out everybody else but nobody's really helping out impact like you don't see like anybody really going to aw or talking about uh impact and all this so i feel like uh impact might have gone the short end of the stick i mean i guess as long as the 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 main pay-per-views get more buys than they normally would with with kenny omega being on the card i think that's pretty much the main thing that impact are getting out of this right absolutely so we get a weird video sent in by Sammy Callahan. Uh, Callahan's got the hacker gimmick. So often he's like hacking all the screens. It's kind of Matrix-esque, green screen sort of thing. He says that Trey Miguel has all the talent in the world, but he lacks passion. Trey confuses anger with passion. Trey's hot-headed, but it's the passion that drives a man to do anything. He says Trey Miguel's trainee, Sam Beal, had the passion for doing whatever it takes to be on impact. And he stabbed his own trainer in the back. Sure, you have wins under your belt, but not enough to get to the next level. Tonight, I'm going to embarrass you and make an example of you. Passion, passion, passion. Um, I, It was quite repetitive of what we've seen with this feud so far, but I actually quite liked this. 
Um, we saw them capitalize at the end of the show with a long main event. And I think for any new viewers tuning in today, you can watch this promo and kind of get the story of what the main event is going to be. So I didn't actually have a problem with this. Um, what, what did you think about this, John? Yeah, it was fine. It was, you know, the usual hacker stuff. The, the thing is, I, I wasn't sure if it was like purposely supposed to be modulated or if it was just another audio issue, because I feel like every week there's some sort of like audio level issue or I feel like sometimes they edit certain packages and just like send them in without double checking it. So I wasn't sure. I'm like, is this always supposed to be like that? That I, I realized, yeah, it's a whole hacking thing. But um, it was cool for what it was. Yeah, sometimes they get a bit carried away, like the the person doing the sound kind of adding too many effects on that. It, it sometimes... For you and I who are taking notes on these things can be a bit difficult to... I swear, to during the pre-show, they had like a... It was a Black Taurus versus um, Luster the Legend from mm. Reno Scum. They had a promo from Decay, and I swear to you, I could not understand one word because they had this spooky music literally over the words of the Decay where I could not hear one word at all. So I don't, I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah, come on, guys. Check your work, you know? <laughs> The Good Brothers enter Scott Demore's office and they say that this wasn't part of the plan. And now they're going to be dancing in Rapungi with, with strippers and our, our world titles. Scott says that you both said that you would take care of this and you didn't. So, yeah, Finjuice are going to be in Japan with the tag titles, but they will be coming back. And at Rebellion on April the 24th, it will be a rematch. Good Brothers versus Finjuice for the tag titles. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I imagine Finjuice will drop it back to them at the pay-per-view. It's a shame that they can't have a few more defenses maybe on TV before then. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is the right move to to go to the match again. I thought the match was pretty good the first time round. Absolutely. If it wasn't for like the pandemic, I'm pretty sure Gallows and Anderson would have just followed him to Japan and took the titles there. I mean, Gallows, I think he was more upset at the fact that he can be in Rapungi dancing with strippers, honestly. So uh, he, I he think probably, so. He wants to go to Japan so bad. And it's been reported that they were planning to go to Japan. Um, so that's probably the closest thing they can do is at least wrestle with people from New Japan and possibly set up something in the future if they're ever able to go back over there. Gotcha. Tommy Dreamer offers the, uh, enters the office afterwards and he looks very concerned. He seems very concerned about Impact uh, losing the tag titles to a different company. Uh, Damore kind of um, says that, look, we, we made a mess with New Japan in, in the past. We pretty much burnt down that bridge and we're finally there. We're finally building a bridge and have a, starting to have a relationship with them. So we're going to let them have the tag titles for now. Let them have their fun. And Damore says that basically he he kind of has this little dig at Tommy saying, I know how to run a place. I don't run a place into the ground like you and your mate, Paul Lee. But says, you know what, Tommy, we've got a pay-per-view coming up, Hardcore Justice. And how about you can be the booker? So Dreamer's like, wow, that sounds great. And pulls out a card he already has written up and hands it to Scott Damore. Um you know what? Maybe maybe it is going head-to-head with WrestleMania, and that's why Demore's like, you know what, Tommy? You can book the whole thing because no one's going to be watching it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shout-out to Andrew Thompson. He's been saying Dreamer with the pen for weeks, and this week, literally, he took out a piece of paper and wrote the card with the pen. Um, a couple things from this I actually liked. There was a, a nice callback here because I remember when Kenny Omega first got involved with Impact, there was like a backstage segment with Tommy Dreamer 
and Scott Demore, where Tommy Dreamer was like, I don't think this is a good idea. Like the fact that we're working outside company. So the fact that it now kind of bit him in the ass a little bit and their titles literally got taken to a different company is a pretty cool callback. So I wonder if there's going to be anything else in the future that they're going to do with like other companies and Tommy Dreamer being kind of like I told you so. Um, and then also I like the fact that they brought up the bad history with uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling because obviously what happened with Okada back in the TNA days, it was like reported that like they're never going to work with Impact ever again. So it's pretty cool to actually, you know, Scott Demore does this every week where he kind of like, kind of pokes fun at himself a little bit, but does it in a way where it's smart and funny. Like, I love Scott Demore. I think he's great. He he is fantastic in this role, I think. And uh, as you said, bringing up, he's very aware of all the criticism Impact's had over the years. Uh, I, I think he's brilliant every week. And that they rely on him quite a lot, but he never seems, it doesn't seem overbearing for me. I, I think he's great. Do you think we're going to get any surprises with Hardcore Justice? Because in the past, we'd have, like, literally, they would bring back all the ECW legends. So are we going to see Rob Van Dam again? I know New Jack's been trying to get back on TV. Oh, or you think we're going to get some some old extreme legends? Yeah, probably coming? Sandman, someone, like, yeah. Uh, all the usuals. I'm sure. It I it won't be my cup of tea, I'm, I don't think. <laughs> but there we go. We move on. Violent by Design and talking of Hardcore Legends, ECW rhino come out uh, at sacrifice rhino turned on sabin storm and d and cousin jake to join violent by design and he is coming out to take on jake something rhino comes out holding this trophy and john were you like me and had completely forgotten what this was until commentary brought it up for some reason when i saw the trophy i thought he was holding ace austin's trophy I yeah me the same too thing. Is this like some sort of trophy he like some something he won, right? Some sort of like match or something. So do you remember this guy called Heath? Oh yes, Heath Slater, yeah. yes, or just so, Heath. Yes. There was that whole story with Heath Slater trying to get a job in Impact. And to win it, he had to win this. Was it a battle royal or something? Um, but it was both him and Rhino. It was the call your shot battle royal. Call your but shot, that's what it was. Okay. Heath had a uh was it a hernia? like early on in the match, so had to mm-hmm. leave. So they ended up having Rhino win the, the match, which was meant to get Heath a job. And I think then both, uh, they were going to go for the tag titles or something, but Heath's been injured. So I think they're just bringing that back up to remind us. So Rhino yeah. might be using this for something else and not for his partner. Perhaps. It wasn't Heath like written off on screen by Violent by Design. So it kind of doesn't make sense that Rhino's with them. They didn't really explain that. Oh, was it? I'm pretty yeah. sure it was Violent by Design that took him out like on screen or something, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. So um, obviously, I, I think we're going to... Ha- this is leading to maybe Heath's return, and they're just kind of reminding us that Rhino has this call your shot here. It's essentially money in the bank, isn't it? You can, you can call like it you. for whatever title you want. So uh, the match starts. It's Rhino versus Jake something. Uh, Sabin and Storm are in Jake's corner. Rhino charges Jake immediately. He hits the mini gore in the corner. And then there's Eric Young on the outside who's just yelling nonsense throughout the whole match. He's going, show them where you belong. You will not be forgotten. You will not be neglected. There's a big forearm from Jake to Rhino. Dina tries to get involved. So Sabin on the outside takes him out. Then During and Storm are going at it on the outside. And then Cousin Jake is distracted and gets gored by Rhino for the pin in two minutes, seven seconds. 
Yeah, um, I understand why they did this. They want to, for whatever reason, establish Rhino, but I feel like they just like reinvented Jake something, and he hasn't really been getting any wins. So I feel like he should have been the one to get the win here. But it was two minutes. I know what they're doing here. They're setting up like it's right now. It's what it's four on three. So somebody's gonna join Jake something's team, whether it be Alex Shelley or maybe Heath comes back. But they're definitely gonna set up to some sort of I'm guessing four versus four match. Uh, at hardcore justice, which is weird because Tommy Jr. already made the card, so I don't know how they're gonna they're gonna explain <laughs> that. But um, yeah, I, I just didn't like this. The fact that Rhino comes in and beats somebody like a new like if you're just watching Impact for the first time or you just started watching it and you see this guy Jake something, wow, this guy looks good. He's a brand new guy, and then he gets beaten by somebody that you saw like what 25 years ago. Like it doesn't, I don't know. To me, that's not it's never a good look. I, I agree, and it wasn't just Jake losing. It was the fact Jake got nothing in in the bulk of the match. If it was Jake just absolutely dominating and then there was the nonsense on the outside and he gets distracted and turns round into the gore, it's like, okay, it still sucks he lost, but at least you saw that he should have won the match. Here, it looked like he was going to lose anyway. He got, yeah, he didn't, he didn't get he got a forearm in, in. I think that was it. Um, yeah, and to for this to be against Rhino, like, sure, Rhino's been, been good in the past. He's had his moments, but now... Like Rhino going over Jake something now it's come on and you're right they're they're building something bigger but I think it just makes look Jake look like an absolute chump here absolutely so after the match violent by design jump everyone uh, there's a gore to Sabin and a gore to Storm so yeah it looks like we'll have uh, someone else added to the babyface team as you said maybe Alex Shelley or maybe Heath. Uh, to even up the odds and we'll probably have a four and four down the line so we've got this huge 12 women tag match later tonight and we have the heel team backstage and they're all trying to come up with a name for their team and Tanil suggests that it should be called Tanil Dashwood and the followers uh, obviously all the other women don't like that uh, Diana is saying that she should be the leader of the team as she is the women's champion uh, Kira corrects her and says that, well, this is a tag match and we are the tag team champions. So we should be the leader and we have two titles and two titles is better than one. Uh, Diana suggests that they shouldn't do what every newly formed team always does and argue. And we should just go out and do what we did the other week and lay everyone out. And as they start to walk towards the ring, Susan yells out team justice and Tanil realizes she's upset because she didn't say the inspirational quote she wanted to and chases after them. Um, Sino, <laughs> this was horrible. Yeah, I mean, this whole like <laughs> match has been a weird setup. Like, it, I was watching Sacrifice and I think it started like in Swinger's Palace. Like, I think it was like Tanil walks in and sees Alicia and goes to Caleb with a K. It's like, oh, it's what's her name? And Alicia gets obsessed. So they both, this is the funniest part. They both rush into Scott Demore's office. And they're like, oh, we want to match against each other. And then Scott Demore is like, this is even better. You could have six versus six and go to impactwrestling.com right now to see the match. And I literally was refreshing. I was so intrigued by this announcement. I was refreshing the website the entire day and there was no match announcement. So he had everybody go to the website for nothing. It wasn't announced like the following day. But yeah, this is the match that we're going to get. But yeah, this whole backstage thing was terrible. At one point, it, I think they called Kimberly and Susan Beavis and Butthead. I was like, oh, okay, that's relevant. It just felt like a bad school play, just bad lines, badly acted. Um, it wasn't the best. We go to our next match of the evening, Rohit Raju versus Shira. Um, these two, Rohit bought Shira back from India to kind of be his heavy. 
I think he was maybe ringside for two of his matches before they started arguing. They tagged once, they fell out, and now they're bitter enemies. Uh, is that right, John? Yeah, I mean, they had history before, like I want to say a couple right. of years ago. Shira was with Raju, so they definitely had that history. But yeah, if you're a new a new uh, viewer, you're going to be like, why should I even care? This guy literally was in his corner for one match, and now he doesn't like him. Like, it doesn't really make much sense. It was very quick, yeah. But let's get to the match. Rohit attacks Shira from behind. Uh, Shira is obviously a lot, lot bigger than Rohit. Rohit runs the ropes but gets caught by a big boot. There's a huge slam from Shira and Rohit lands really high on his shoulders, almost on the back of his head, look quite kind of nasty. Rohit then bails to the outside and uh, he just kind of keeps sneaking up on Shira. He's stomping away at him. He's yelling, don't bite the hand that feeds you. Rohit starts attacking the arm of Shira but Shira hulks up, hits a big clothesline. There's a splash in the corner. He runs again, but this time meets a knee from Rohit. There's then a huge leaping knee from Rohit, a meteora into a cannonball, and then Rohit jumps off the top rope, but gets caught in a choke slam across the knee, and then only a two count. Shira then charges into the corner, but Rohit moves, causing Shira to go crashing shoulder first, into the ring post and Rohit rolls him up, puts his feet on the ropes and pins Shearer in four minutes, five seconds. Yeah, this was fine for what it was. I'm um, obviously going to get a rematch, but I'm just wondering like what the end game on this is going to be. Like what's like, is Shearer going to get anything out of this? Is, Ra- is Roger going to get anything? Like there's really like, I don't really see what the point of this feud is unless like they bring in somebody else. I know Andrew kind of um, referenced Karam might come in, uh, but like, I really don't see like what the point of this feud is. Like what's it really going to lead to? I'm with you. I think it's a shame because I think Rohit's really good um, and it feels like uh, we don't really have a program for you. So let's keep you busy with this at the moment. Um, The match was actually a bit better than I expected. I think uh, Rohit, I I really liked in this match because he was working as a heel, but he wasn't being like your chicken shit cowardly heel. He was being more uh, like tactful and was just kind of, sneaking up on Shira all the time and just lots of stomps and things. And I, I thought it actually was quite refreshing to see a, a heel work that way. Um, the, the finish was pretty lazy with the, with the feet on the ropes and obviously just building to another one. But I actually thought the body of the match was pretty good. Uh, I haven't seen much from this Shira guy and uh, he's obviously a little limited, but I thought they did, did pretty well with what they had. Yeah, I mean, he, like, he was an impact for the longest time, and then they released him. He went to NXT, and he was there for a little bit of time, but they never actually got to use him. So I'm not sure. Maybe he picked up some wrestling moves. He's a lot better now than he was on his first run in Impact, for sure. We go backstage where we see our new unified Impact World Champion, Rich Swan in his dressing room as Willie Mack comes in. And Mack wants to party. Uh, he's saying, look, we should go out and celebrate. You've just won the titles. Let's go. Swan says he'd love to party, but now isn't the time for partying because he's going to go to the ring to take care of some business. And we go to the ring and Swan is dancing down the ramp with his two titles, loving life. Gets on the mic and says, man, I can't even hold these. I'm weighed down by all this gold. Sacrifice was one of the hardest things I've ever had to go through. I've been through trials and tribulations. I've gone through adversity. I've made my sacrifices. 
Moose and I proved why Impact Wrestling is one of the greatest companies and has some of the best talent in the world. I may not like Moose, but I respect Moose. And at sacrifice, your boy Rich Swan was on his high horse and riding his stallion because he came out the double world champion. And I went out and partied on Saturday, on Sunday and Monday. And I was like, all right, stop showing off. I'm jealous here. <laughs> Can I just go out and party, please? Leading into today. And then he says, but I'm reminded that in January, I had a little monkey on my back. And that monkey was Kenny Omega. And that man pinned me. But it just so happens it all comes back around because at April 24th, your boy is going to get an opportunity to right his wrongs. And he's going to do something that never happens in this business. He will come out repping, impact, taking on another company's champion. And this time there will be no good brothers by your side. He won't have Moose. He won't have Sabin. This time it will be one-on-one. -on -one one of the most important things to happen in this industry, you and I, and we will see who the real world champion is and the best wrestler in the world. Um, I thought this was a fantastic promo from Swan here. No, for sure. And even to go back a little bit before when he had the backstage interaction with uh, Willie Mack, something about the look that Willie Mack gave him kind of makes me think that there might be a heel turn coming soon, especially with this pay-per-view oh, before yeah. Rebellion. I can definitely see Willie Mack kind of getting a little jealous that like kind of like Rich Juan kind of brushed him off a little bit. He's like, you know, he, he tells him he didn't want to celebrate, but then he goes to the ring and says he already celebrated. So it's a little weird. Um, but um, this the promo from Rich Swan was great. And I really hope that he keeps both of the titles because I'm pretty sure Kenny's going to win and I want to see Kenny like hold as many titles as possible. So I want him to have both the TNA and the Impact title. But before yeah, the first part of, yeah, exactly before dropping it. But yeah, the first half of this um, promo when it was a swan by himself was, was pretty good. Yeah, uh, I, I'm with you about the Mac thing. It could maybe happen after, after Rebellion, but you're right. I, I definitely see a match between these two down the line. Hey, hey um, we could maybe even do like Willie Mac might help Kenny Omega. Next thing you know, Willie Max signs with AEW. Could be like some sort of... Who knows? Thing yeah, maybe. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was great. The line I liked was, this is one of the most important things happen in this industry. It kind of reminded me of what Tony Khan said the other week where it's like, we're all the same. We're all on the same team here. It's us. It's us against them. And this is pretty big. Two, two companies outside of WWE having a title for title it's a pretty big deal and just the fact that these companies are working together more and more uh so i did like that line but i thought swan was very good here but then the lights turn red and puckerbell's cannon starts to play the classical piece of music as don Callis comes out this entrance was wonderful john wasn't it it was great. I honestly had no idea who it was because as far as I know, <laughs> Don Callis never had an entrance. So I'm thinking it's like some new wrestler or somebody's... I'm like, who is this? And I'm like, oh, it's Don Callis, which is pretty cool. But yeah, the entrance was definitely over the top, but it fits his character. I loved it. It, it fits him so well. I, I love his his like overcoat as well. I, I think he always looks very sharp coming out here. But Callis grabs the mic. He, as his entrance music still playing, he hugs Swan and he's telling him how proud he is of him. But he's says, you have no idea how proud I am to be out here tonight with you on your special night. And he goes, look, I, I can feel some hesitation here. And you know I like to talk about history. And you and I, we've had our history. But now stop me if I'm wrong. You know I'm a huge Rich Swan guy. 
right? And it was me who fought to sign Rich Swan. I think you are the most charismatic, athletic performer in the last 10 years. I fought for us to sign you. I fought to have us pay your check each and every week when you had a broken leg. He goes, I, don't, I know we don't have a lot in common, but I know talent. And you're my guy. I was the one who pushed for you to be in that main event at Bound for Glory. You've been my guy, my shiny toy that I was so proud of. But it reminds me of this conversation I had with Kenny Omega's uncle, the Golden Sheik. He says, after my first paycheck from wrestling, I went out and bought a nice, shiny car. But then right after I bought it, I saw a nicer car. And I said this to the Sheik and Sheik said, Don, you'll always see something nicer and better. And for me, that was Kenny Omega. I moved on from you to Kenny. But remember when you thanked me for booking you in that match. I'm sure you partied. But did your wife mention that other match? Did your wife bring up that one winged angel? You'd have gone to sleep with your wife after that title win. And she'd have her hand on your shoulder. But when you'd wake up, all you'd think about is that one winged angel at hard to kill. You can't change history. You're a once in a lifetime talent. Sorry, once in a decade talent. But Kenny is once in a millennium. You're a superstar in pro wrestling. But Kenny is a god. When nobody thought Kenny would pin Okada, I was there. When Kenny won the AEW championship against John Moxley, I was there. When no one thought a champion in one com company would be in another, I was there. And you'll hear me on commentary every time. One winged angel, one winged angel, one winged angel. You made history at sacrifice and you'll have the chance at rebellion. But the problem is I've already written history. And Don walks off. Wow. What a promo. First off, great job for you, like painting the picture. Like, great. Like, the, the way you read the report is fantastic. But, um, this was amazing. I absolutely love this. And it felt so genuine because, you know, it's true. Don Callis worked in Impact. This, he probably really did bring Rich Swan into the company. So all the stuff he said was absolutely, like, you could believe it. And the whole story with Sheik and the car and all that, like, it just, like, this stuff could not be scripted. Like, I feel like, like, this either off the top of the head or or Don Callis just sat down and just thought about it because it was amazing. Um, even the line with the with the wife, which you can even bring in later on because his wife is is Sue Young. Mm. So they can I, I can't see maybe this is not the right time for it, but I can see maybe down the line Kenny Omega say like some sort of like healy you know, heelish line like, Oh, we gave your wife three different gimmicks and she still can't cut it. <laughs> Something along those lines. Um, but yeah, absolutely everything about this was great. I, I I'm a little upset we didn't get like a retort from Rich Swan. Um, he kind of just kind of stood there dumbfounded, but um, I'm sure we'll get that down the line. But I mean, if Don Callis said all that to me, I probably wouldn't have anything to say back to him either. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. I, I thought this was a hell of a promo. Uh, I love the kind of, as you said, blending just real life and amping it up with storyline a bit. Um, it, it's so baby faces, Rich Swan, and you so want to get behind him and, and have the like wipe the smile off these smug guys faces um obviously i think we all see kenny winning this but what a swerve if swan won this after all of that um yeah. the line that got me the most is like when he's like you were my special toy but i found something that was better like that just like really hit me like whoa because everybody's been like in that situation before every everyone's been that shiny toy that's been passed by or and everyone's done it as well everyone 
wants the new TV or new phone or whatever. Like it's something we can all relate to. But I thought this segment, both guys were fantastic. And am I more interested in the Omega Swan match than I was yesterday? Yes. Uh, I thought this was an excellent, excellent segment. Absolutely. Please, can we just have Swan on, on AEW now at some point? That's like, exactly what I, I said on my report. Like at this point, they have to have him like, I mean, it's one thing to like retweet tweets from Impact on the AEW account, but you need to have this guy on your show. Like at least have him it's like sitting in the audience. Like just do something random where Kenny like has a match. He's gonna fight what uh, Matt Sidell in a couple weeks. Just have Rich Swan sitting in the crowd, just watching the match, and just have the announcer say, Whoa, that's the Impact World Champion. Just something so these fans are like, Whoa, okay, it's it's serious. This is somebody he's gonna fight. I actually have a, a, a faith to this picture. I mean, we we at least had the uh, the Kenta match on Dynamite, didn't we? Kind of the tag match. Right. So well, I don't like. This is easier. Like they all live in the states. It's not like Kenta who's been in in Japan as well. Um, surely, surely we can do some things on Dynamite. But I like where this feud is going. It, it feels big. We go to the Tonys, Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone, who are in Jacksonville, and they say tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day Slam. And you may have opened the bar early, Tony Schiavone, because Tony's wearing a bit of a green hat for St. Patrick's Day. But tomorrow is St. Patrick's Day. And talk about opening the forbidden door, because tomorrow's a big dynamite. We've got Eddie Kingston and John Moxley taking on the Good Brothers. A lights out match in the main event between Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa. We've got Cody taking on Penta El Zero Miedo. We have Impact... You don't have these kind of cards ever. And guess what, John? We're getting tomorrow. Tony Schiavone's going to interview Sting. Can you oh believe my it? God. Wow. Is this every week? They've got to be trolling us now. Like, it's- this has to be a running joke. Every week it's, and Tony's going to talk to Sting. And then he doesn't um, really say anything. He gets interrupted, like, right when it starts. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, it's definitely a running gag. Also, tomorrow we have Phoenix taking on Angelico. Uh, Angelico's obviously been out of action for a while, so good to see him back. Uh, Jade Cargill's going to be in action. Christian is going to talk. And we have Jurassic Express and Bear Country taking on Butcher the Blade. And I, I missed who their partners were. Uh, private parties, the new man. Private party. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. Um, not much really to say of this this segment this week. Not really. Apart from the impact, you don't know any cards like this. This legit just felt like a commercial for tomorrow's Dynamite. Yeah, they're getting simpler and simpler. I mean, it was a nice little cute joke about, like, Shivani drinking. But honestly, I think that Tony Conzo, when it's been pre-gaming this entire week, usually when there's a big event going on, you drink for the first couple of days. I think he started drinking on Monday with Elevation because he came out and cut a hell of a promo. Oh, yeah. Uh, tell people where we can find that video you put up. <laughs> yeah it's on the instagram page the facebook group uh it, it gives me a real larry david uh kirby enthusiasm uh vibe to it. he just comes out and just repeats the same thing about nine days you're gonna fight him in nine days uh i was yeah. i was getting herb abrams drop vibes from there oh my if you God. know what i'm there's, saying there's been, like, there's been a couple situations <laughs> where i'm like definitely uh herb abrams but like i understand he's a big wrestling fan but he probably just really wanted to do this but then nobody stopped him or nobody gave him any pointers um, you know what, though? I'm kind of fine with it if it's on Dark or Elevation. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, what, what, kept very away from character. Dynamite. Uh, so I, I do find it quite funny. I think in small doses, and I, I hope he realizes that. Because that, he said he never wants to become that authority figure 
like a like Vince and Stephanie would be back in the day, just on TV all the time. I think yeah. little things like that can be quite funny, though. And it's funny because he started doing it like on Impact. That was like where he first started like having yeah. a persona. And now he's kind of dipping into AW Dark. So maybe he's like testing the waters before he goes live on TNT with it. Maybe, maybe. We go backstage and see Eddie Edwards, who is thanking Matt Cardona for having his back at Sacrifice. That's when Brian Myers walks in the room and it gets all awkward. He's like, oh, okay, I'll turn around. I'll leave because obviously there's been this tension between them all recently. Uh, Cardona says, no, no, we're good. We're good. And Matt asks Brian to stop doing this. Myers asks why Cardona keeps sticking his nose in his business. He says that impact is my place. It was sure it was great being tag champions and working together all the time. But this was the one time I had to prove myself on my own. And what do you do? You show up here. I don't want you here. Get lost. I don't have uh, to side with Myers here, honestly. It's like, why is I'm he following him? Like, they wanted to separate when they first got released from WWE. They wanted to do their own thing. And he went to AEW for a little bit, but then he comes right over to Impact. And Myers has a point. Like, yo, dude, what are you doing? Leave me alone. Like, let me do my own thing. Yeah, I, I quite like it. I think uh, it was pretty short and to the point, but I, I got it. I, I understand why Myers is in a bad mood because, yeah, this guy keeps following him and he's trying to break out on his own. Um I assume we're getting them. Do you think this match is going to be at Hardcore Justice or are we going to get it on TV before then? I feel like we're going to get it at Hardcore Justice. I mean, Myers has been doing a lot of hardcore matches since he came here. So I can see this being like the blow off match because, I mean, Cardona didn't sign a contract here. So I'm pretty sure he's jump, jumping around from promotion to promotion. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be like his blow off. And maybe it's going to be like a loser leaves impact match. That's kind of where they're going with, with them, you know, not wanting each other there. That makes sense because Cardona's not signed there, is he? He's just on no. a short-term thing yep that makes sense we go to our next match of the evening and it's a 12 women tag match on the first team we have Tennille dashwood kira hogan tasha steels diana parazzo kimberly and susan taking on the team of havoc and nevea odb alicia edwards jordan grace and jazz uh, the match starts with Alicia charging Tennille immediately. Tennille forearms her, knocking her down. Uh, she applies a noogie at one point. Uh, Stryker and D'Lo keep on going on about how good a wife uh, Alicia Edwards is to Eddie. Um, I noticed they didn't really comment on how good a wrestler she is, though. Uh, <laughs> as Alicia starts rubbing her bum in Tennille's face, ODB gets tagged in and hits a Bronco Buster. There's a load of quick little tags here from both teams. Havoc starts throwing Kira all over the ring. Diana and Jazz start going at it for a little bit. We then get a super kick from Kira to Havoc. And now the whole match just breaks down. Everyone's running in, just doing stuff. The ref has no control. Jordan and Ta Tasha are going at it inside the ring as everyone else is brawling on the outside. So Tasha and Jordan hit tandem tope suicidas taking everyone out there's then a pretty bad looking double cross body between susan and alicia in the ring um and then they sell it like they've both died as they're crawling to their corners to make the tag jordan grace gets tagged in and things pick up we get a michinoku driver to kimberly for a two count the stun dog millionaire from alicia to kimberly which i thought looked pretty good give credit where it's due Tennille then hits the spotlight kick to Alicia. 
Um, I have no idea who's legal at this point. There's a pump kick from Diona to Nevaeh. ODB hits the bam to Diona. There's a super kick and cutter from Fire and Flavor. X Factor from Jazz to Kimba, but everyone breaks up the pin. Kimba and Jazz are then going at it, and Jazz catches Kimba Lee with the STF for the submission win in 14 minutes, 16 seconds. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you start the match and you see so many bodies just standing on the apron, like you start dreading it. You're like, oh, because it's whatever match like this happens, whether it's men or women, you just you feel the worst of it. Honestly, like it was better than I expected. Um, the only thing I have to complain about is you're going to have that spy in every multi-person match where everybody comes in and gets their shit in. They did it twice, though. Like, seriously, that was a little weird. Like, you, you do the first time, sure. You, you go, everybody goes to the outside, you hit the suicide, then you get a commercial. But then they come back and they do the same exact spot again where yeah. they literally come in and, like, the referee doesn't really care. He's not trying to stop anything. And like you said, you don't even know who the legal person is. So it's like, who cares who pins who at this point? But it's like, you only do one of those spots per multi-person match. Like, that's my only real complaint. But honestly, I, I can't say it was that bad. Um, it doesn't really set up the next program for Diana. Like, I know they have a match for next week, but they don't really, they didn't really set anything up, like, for the future. And then you have these tag team champions, and you didn't really set anything up for them either. Yeah, this felt more like a like a hangover match, if you know what I mean. It's the match yep. after the pay-per-view. You're not starting the next feuds yet, so let's just have everyone out and play out their current feuds once again. Uh, I'm with you. This had this was way better than I thought it was going to be. Uh, I was expecting, normally these matches are kind of done in about four minutes or whatever, but they had time, so it allowed everyone to to get some stuff in. Um, I, I'm negative on Alicia Edwards a lot, but I actually thought she had some good moments in this match as well and actually worked quite a bit of the match uh, herself. But yeah, it's it's been the case with all tag matches in Impact that they just throw the rules out the window and it's it just makes the referees look so stupid because there's no attempt to even control the match. And I, I feel you, should, you shouldn't have to do this every match to make it entertaining. Uh, you can have an entertaining tag match without you all just running in and forgetting the rules for a sec. Uh, maybe I sound old school here, I don't know, but it's something that gets me all the time with these impact tags. But this wasn't bad. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, that was pretty good effort by uh, Alicia. She even hit the stunner. And uh, do you, what do you think of Matt Stryker sometimes being over the top? Because he was like, in tribute of 316 day. Like, I feel like sometimes Matt Stryker, relax a little bit, buddy. Like, take a chill. Oh, Matt, Matt Stryker's so much. Uh, I do like him at times, but he's on the, as I was setting up, uh, I watched the, uh, like, the pre-show on Twitch. And Impact, uh, sorry, Strike was just going on about, oh, you can feel it in the air. Professional wrestling, this sport of professional wrestling is growing. It's in the public conscience again. I walk down the road and I'm wearing my Impact Wrestling t-shirt and I get nods from people walking past as they know what this t-shirt means. It stands for Impact Wrestling, the peak of professional wrestling in sports. And you're like, dude, chill out. <laughs> I can't believe anyone is going past you nodding at you because you're wearing an Impact Wrestling t-shirt. I don't know that to be true, Matt. Yeah, uh, they're probably nodding for the wrong reasons. Like, wow, you're wearing that, huh? Okay. <laughs> but you know what? I'd always take someone being over the top than understating, especially in this environment we're in, the empty arena. You do need to bring that energy into it. And I think back to those those New Japan Cup matches last year, kind of the first ones they did, which was completely empty arena. And I'd listen to the Japanese commentary just to have some kind of 
noise, just like kind right. of some atmosphere. And I do think Stryker does bring that, even if he is a little, well, a lot over the top at times. Yeah, I, I mean, I have to say I do prefer him over Josh Matthews. Josh Matthews had a really dry approach to it. At least with Matt Stryker, I could be like, okay, he's waking me up a little bit. I'm actually getting to a match that I normally wouldn't. So I can't complain too much. Exactly. We go backstage where Gia Miller is interviewing Ace Austin, the new X Division champion. Austin asks if you can feel it in the air. Ace Austin is now the two-time X Division champion and the youngest to ever have that accolade. He says, when I arrived here, I was undefeated until TJP upset and tapped me out. This Saturday, I took the X Division title and knocked him down a peg. That's when Chris Bay walks in and says, well, you want to talk about poetry? You want to talk about art? Well, last week, you lost to me as I hit the art of finesse. That's when Josh Alexander comes out, who reminds them both that he beat them in the match at No Surrender, and says, well, I want to join this line as well. And that's when TJP walks in and says, calm down, kids. Dad's here. He says, Ace Austin goes, looks like the front of the line is here, which means you're way at the back over there. But TJP says, according to Scott Demore, he gets his contractually due rematch next week. Um, I thought TJP came across very heelish here. Did you get that? He, I feel like we're, I see him on three shows per week. I see him on here on New Japan for Wrestling Strong and MLW. And every show he comes off as heelish, even when he doesn't try to. Just hear him talk. Yeah, like his line, like, oh, the best leapfrog to rest. Like, shut the hell up. Like, just, uh, just pissed me off. Um, this whole thing, like, yeah, it's one of those, like, usual, like, everybody wants a title shot, but didn't, like, Alexander get his title shot? Like, he won the match in No Surrender, but he, he got his title shot. So he really didn't have much of a case here. Um, Chris Bay does because he just beat Austin last week. But, um, yeah, it's just one of those things. But I really don't want to see TJP in this picture anymore. Just have him stay somewhere else. Yeah, I, I think it was more that Josh has the win over Austin and Bay. But okay, that he, makes sense. He lost to TJP. So it's kind of everyone's beaten everyone. So they all think they have a job. But I thought uh, Austin, uh, sorry, Austin, uh, Bay and Alexander sounded pretty good here. Um, I think this division's pretty strong for actual matches, but it would be nice to have a few fresh faces inserted as well. But yeah, TJP just comes across very smug, like calm down kids, dad's here. Um, and the fact he's just kind of gone to the office to talk himself into this position. I don't know if he's meant to be a heel or not, if they're turning him, but uh, he's definitely coming across that way. But getting the rematch next week, and I, I hope it's an Ace Austin uh, retain. So... That's when it's announced Hardcore Justice is taking place April the 10th. And on next week's show, we have Ace Austin versus TJP for the X Division Championship, Deonna Prazo versus Jazz, and uh, Anderson versus Eddie Edwards. And tonight, we're going to a main event, Sammy Callahan versus Trey Miguel. Um, sorry, I just read that bit as if it was next week. Um, yeah, Anderson versus Eddie Edwards seems a bit like absolutely no story going into that. Yeah, I guess because Edwards is, is kind of stepping out of this Brian Myers Cardona picture that he's got nothing to do. And I guess Anderson has nothing to do because Finn Juice is in there. So maybe it's just some sort of, a, you know, makeshift match until they both have their programs ready again. Absolutely. Well, let's get into it. The main event of the evening, Sammy Callahan taking on Trey Miguel. 
Um, Trey Miguel jumps the bell right away to go after Sammy. There's a jumping knee from Trey, but is met by a big clothesline from Callahan. Trey takes him to the outside and they start brawling up the ramp. Sammy goes for a powerbomb on the stairs, but Trey manages to get out. Uh, at the top of the stage, Trey kind of grabs Sammy's face and poses with this weird smile. Didn't quite get what he was trying to do here, John. Yeah, I have no idea. No, okay. Uh, he then gets Callahan up for a fireman's carry and runs down the ramp, but Sammy slips out. Trey tries to go for a runner, but gets caught and it gets turned into a Boston crab on the floor. And then this starts the attack on Trey's ankle. Sammy wedges Trey's ankle in the ring post, starts wrenching on it. And back in the ring, he's just bullying Trey, wrenching the ankle all over the place, tossing him around the ring. Trey tries to get back up and charges, but stumbles. And Sammy catches Trey on the turnbuckle in the ropes and applies another Boston Crab. I thought this looked really cool. Okay, maybe not, John. <laughs> <laughs> no, it reminded me of the, you know, the Jericho Boston Crab. No, on the, yeah, on no, the it looked pretty cool. Yeah, I but, feel like like the, the thing with Sammy Callahan, like he he tends to do a lot of like innovative moves, like whether it's like submissions or just like at the point where he's like has the ankle into the little uh, ring post part. Like he yeah. does a lot of things, but yeah, this, this definitely looked really good. As Sammy is posing, Trey hits a step up in Zaguri. Sammy goes for thumbs up, thumbs down, but Trey rolls through and hits a double stomp to the chest. They're now just duking it out, trading right hands, and just Trey selling here is great. He looks he looks fucked up in this match, really. He looks exhausted. His selling's great. He's wincing every time he's treading on that leg. But Trey starts to fire back. He hits a cutter. He goes off the top, but Sammy moves and Trey's leg buckles. There's then a rope-assisted neck breaker from Sammy for a two-count. Sammy goes again for the thumbs up, thumbs down, but Trey counters it into a Rana. He then hits the crossroads, but Sammy kicks out. Trey then goes to apply the hourglass, which is like the, the legs trapped in a sharpshooter, and then you hold the head and the arm in a triangle. Uh, looks really cool. But Sammy bites himself free. Yes, bites the ankle of Trey Miguel. There's then a powerbomb from Sammy, but Trey kicks out. But as he kicks out, it's turned into the Boston Crab. Very like uh, Samoa Joe used to do, the powerbomb into the, into the Crab. He transitions this into the STF, but Trey gets the ropes. Sammy then wastes more time doing the thumbs up, thumbs down. Someone needs to tell this guy to just not pose and just hit the move. Because every imagine time if, he does this, imagine Trey him and, Pe and, and Penta Zero M have like a ladder match, and they're both kind of just doing their posts this back and forth. Yeah. Nobody would, would They'd win. They never the match. hit anything. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's ridiculous. You got to chill it on this, dude. Uh, Trey run, runs up and steps and jumps off the apron with a cutter to the floor. Look very cool. Sammy then kicks Trey's back, and his head bounces off the steps. Sorry, yeah, he kicks Trey. And Trey's head just bounces across the ring steps here. Look nasty. Trey then gets a burst of energy and hits a kind of spinning neck breaker for a two count. Trey goes up top, but Sammy uh, even kind of throws up the X here to the ref. And he's saying yeah. that his arm is injured. So the ref's kind of in the way blocking. But Sammy then runs up the turnbuckle, knocks Trey off and hits the package pile driver for the win in 28 minutes, five seconds. Yeah, this match was really good. When I saw what time it was, there was like half an hour left in the show. I'm like, either this match is going to go really long or there's going to be some sort of like 
backstage thing with Rich Swan or something later. And it did go long, even though we did have like two commercial breaks that were really, really long. Um, we still got to see a nice chunk of this match. Um, but yeah, some of the like some of the moves that you described that Callahan did were so innovative and so cool. And like you said, Trey is such a good seller. And I don't mean this like in a negative way at all. But when I see Trey selling, he looks kind of like like a junkie. If that makes any sense. He looks no, like I, I, I do know what you mean. He, like his he, facial reactions and the way he's like, oh, just slugging off the mat. Like, it feels like somebody you, like literally you would pick up off the street, um, which is great to see that like in a wrestling match because this guy literally has like gone through hell. Um, but yeah, I love this match. Like I'm just saying, my only real complaint is the commercial breaks. Like we saw the usual, you know, math, Steiner math and <laughs> saw C- Christian versus Sting. How yeah. uh, appropriate we saw that this week. Um, but this match was really good. But I feel like there's definitely more to this, um, especially with the hardcore justice coming. I feel like we're going to see a rematch um, because the ending was a little, you know, like he said, he threw up the X signal and the referee got involved. So it wasn't like the cleanest finish in the world. Yeah. Um, but Trey Miguel definitely like busted his ass in this match. Yeah, I, I thought this was really strong. Um, I think Trey is fantastic. I'm I'm really pleased to see him back at Impact. Uh, I think he could be kind. Of, I think he could be sort of drowning a bit in some other companies right now because there's a lot of, of talent. And I think in Impact at the moment he can really shine. And when the time's right, he can maybe go to uh, to somewhere a bit bigger. But I thought both guys worked really well. I think Sammy Callahan's been a great foil for Trey and. I, I think this this loss is actually good for Trey because he can we can extend this story a bit and Trey can build himself even more. And I think the whole point is showing that he's got passion and the idea of this match was showing the passion, but he was kind of screwed out of it. I think there's more of the story to tell here. And I really like that they didn't put this on the pay-per-view at the weekend. You already had enough matches there. I think putting a pay-per-view level match like this with a good story going into it and giving it 30 minutes essentially to end the show this is what i want from a wrestling show i i thought this was a great move from impact and i i hope to see them do more things like this uh, it seemed very heavy on the wrestling this week which i liked yeah it was really good between this match and even like the promo with don Callis, like those two parts alone definitely made this an enjoyable episode um there were some parts of this that i feel like i enjoyed better than some of sacrifice honestly like it's good to have like wrestling like good wrestling but when you have like a nice breakout promo like the one from don Callis, um it definitely makes a good show overall yeah i i thought a very solid show this week um as you said that that promo segment i thought was fantastic even even the shorter matches weren't bad this week i didn't think it was just the the rhino versus jake something left a bad taste in my mouth but apart from that i thought it was a a solid show and they're going in the right direction here um let's see we leave feedback every week at at forum.postwrestling.com let's see if we've got any oh we've got none this week so oh that's a shame uh, i know chris elliott normally writes in but I, i think he might be resting up today because i don't see him in the twitch room but yeah i i think this was a pretty solid episode of impact actually and i definitely go out of your way if you're someone that doesn't watch any every week but kind of picks and choose i would say go back and watch moose versus swan from sacrifice i'd say watch good brothers versus finn juice and i would say watch this main event and the promo segment between swan and callus uh i think that will give you your your kind of good content of impact wrestling this week. Would you agree with me there? No, absolutely. Like, like I said, I've been pushing it since sacrifice. They really should either put this match on free on YouTube or just put it on some social 
presence. Like, I feel like people need to see this um, combined with this Don Callis promo, which you would think AEW would try to capitalize on. It's one of like their on-screen personas now. So you would think they'd want to show this off. Um, but yeah, I would, same recommendations as you. So I'm looking at the last uh, hardcore revolution, hardcore, hardcore justice show. Justice. It was back in 20, 2015. And I'm just looking at some of the matches here, like stretcher match, pipe on a pole match, street fight, ladder match. So pretty much these shows are all like gimmicky type matches. What kind of matches, if you, if you were Tommy dreamer with the pen, how would you book this? Like, like we, we kind of know some of the matches. What kind of match stipulations do you think you would do? Uh, vaccine on a pole match. Oh my uh, God. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I, I, t- these kind of matches in this setting just do nothing for me. Um, I think you really need a crowd for these kind of hardcore matches because it just it, it just feels like you're putting yourself through all this pain for, for nothing. Um, ah. I got an idea. Since uh, Matt Cardona and Brian Myers are like these what, action figure bros, isn't there like one figure that he always talks about? What is it, Honky Tonk Man or something? Why don't you have the Honky Tonk on a pole match or something? Or the winner gets like this thousand dollar toy or something. Just uh, go silly with it. If you're going to do <laughs> WrestleMania weekend, you might as well do something gimmicky. If you're going to have me stop and watch one out of 50 shows of the week, make it something like worth it. I know last year around media time, they're supposed to do the whole TNA show where it was like a TNA throwback show. And that evolved into Moose stealing the title and all that. So it, it mm-hmm. definitely led to something, but I feel like, yeah, it's ECW hardcore, whatever, but at least give me something fun. Like you need to kind of stand out WrestleMania week. You need to have something that's gift worthy, something that actually is crazy, like a spring break or something, you know? Yeah, I, I feel this show should almost be non-canon in a way and just just throw together a card of just fun, odd matches perhaps because uh, it is WrestleMania weekend and you do want to stand out. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't know where they're going to go with this. I, I can't say I'm too excited about this one. <laughs> They're going to announce something. Watch. They're going to announce some sort of crazy match where you're like, okay, I'm going to watch that. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts on Impact before we wrap this show up, John? No, like I said, it was a good show. I just, I wish that more people would would give it a chance and watch it. I mean, it's free. It's on Twitch. You know, I can watch it whenever it is working correctly. It's, it, it's a good show to watch. Um, if you don't want to watch it, listen to Deep Impact, look, read the reports, like follow them. They have some good stuff going on. And hopefully companies like AEW and New Japan will do their part and help like expose this company for how good it is. So yeah, just, just, you know, there's more wrestling out there than AEW and WWE to check out. So John, we've got a lot of you on this post wrestling up next network this week. Do you want to, do you want to tell us everything you've got going on? Sure. So let's see. Uh, I have the review from the six with Davey Portman and Brady Harrington. that went up today for the leprechaun 1993 horror comedy classic i guess you can say uh the review is good uh pick a pick a listen there's some fun ideas in there that we that we could possibly do in the future uh today they have the new rewind away with john pollock and Wei Tang talking about evolve one from 2010 which was davy richards versus kota ibushi in the main event um my reports are on prowrestling.com this sunday i have a report for the nwa uh, pay-per-view their return uh, and of course shot in the dark every wednesday so by the time you listen to this i'm probably watching aw dark recording it as we you know as you're listening um so check that out every wednesday on the updex podcast feed it is free every wednesday yeah what what are you covering this week on shot in the dark so we have the debut of AEW Dark Elevation with uh, Rio and Maki Ito in the main event, as well as that wonderful Tony Khan promo where I was talking about earlier. Um, so it's 13 matches on Elevation plus 15 matches on the regular Dark. So we get 30 matches of Dark, which I 
pray that isn't the case every week. <laughs> um, New Japan Pro Wrestling Strong, they've been building to their New Japan Cup USA, which is the cup that Kenta won last year for the for the briefcase for the shot at the U.S. title. So they're building up to that by doing qualifying matches. So I'll be going over that. Uh, Ring of Honor is is prepping for their 19th anniversary pay-per-view in a couple weeks. So we have that show, as well as the usual stuff from NXT UK, 205 Live, and a bunch of other shows. So yeah. It's a great show. It's really every every wrestling fan should listen to this show so they know exactly what's going on in the world of wrestling. And as you said, John, you can find that on the Up Next feed. Just search Up Next wherever you get your podcasts. This very feed right here. And myself and Braden have a load of other shows coming up this week. Obviously, tomorrow night, Wednesday night, 10.15 Eastern time, twitch.tv slash Up Next podcast. It is Up Next our live review of tomorrow night's NXT. Then you can find us 1 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday for BD Elite, where Braden and I run down this week's AEW. Then, as you already mentioned, John, on the Patreon, we already have out our review of Leprechaun from 1993, starring Jennifer Aniston. We thought we'd celebrate St. Patrick's Day the only way the BDE can, and that's by looking at a classic horror film based around the leprechaun. And then this Saturday, we have a new episode of Up Yours where we're joined by one of our world champions, Thomas, to talk all about NXT TakeOver London. This was a show I actually went to. I was there, and I'm really looking forward to re-watching this for the first time. And then Sunday, it's the big one. It's fast lane. We're on the fast lane to WrestleMania, guys. You can join us for a live watch along from 7 p.m. Twitch.tv slash Up Next Podcast. And then join us afterwards live for our post show. Or if you are a patron, you will get the audio version right after. That's everything we've got coming up this week. Of course. One, one more one more thing before I forget. I'm sorry. Uh, Go for it. Friday, every Friday on twitch.tv slash next podcast, me and Mike Hogan, the other guys. This Friday, we'll be talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which starts. And then next week, we'll be going over the Zack Snyder uh, Justice League. So every Friday, come check us out, talking about movies and shows. And then we go into our little SmackDown and random reviews. Uh, do you want to tell them what we reviewed last week after SmackDown? What did we watch? Oh, yeah. So th- this has been one of my favorite nights of the week because I just set up John and Mike and they just talk for a a couple of hours while I'm cooking my dinner and doing my workout and I've got them in the background. It's great. Then we sit down and watch SmackDown with, uh, with all the Twitch room. And then last week we decided to watch, uh, some WCW thunder, um, which was actually a surprisingly good match between Perry Saturn and disco Inferno. That really <laughs> took me really off guard match, there. Yeah. Really enjoyed that one. And then, as always with the Twitch room, the, the chat kind of goes a bit off topic. And we started talking about Big Brother UK from about 15 years ago. Um, so I actually ended up watching an episode of Big Brother UK. And it was very fun watching all the uh, the North Americans trying to figure out what the fuck was going on in this show. Um, but yeah, the Twitch on a Friday is always a lot of fun. And... Mike and John always do a great job. So if you're interested in uh, movie chat and TV chat, uh, it's a great Twitch room to come along to on a Friday night. So we hope you see you there. Right. 
that brings us to a close tonight. Um, I'm running out of energy. My mouth has, I feel I've been talking for a very long time. So let's call this a day, but we'll be back very, very soon. Thank you, John, for filling in this week. Uh, I'll be back again next week. Um, probably, hopefully with Andrew once again. Um, same time, same place. Take care. Be safe. Ahoy! Whether it's Kroger Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Kroger has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Get ready, Ohio. FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, is coming to the Buckeye State. And to kick things off, you can get started with $100 in free bets as an early sign-on bonus. Plus, when you sign up today with promo code OHIO, you'll be all set for when FanDuel goes live in Ohio. Then you can bet on all your favorite teams in all your favorite sports with $100 in free bets. Just download FanDuel's top-rated sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in Ohio. Bonus issued in non-withdrawable free bets that expire seven days after FanDuel accepts its first real money sports wager in Ohio. one Unique user identity verification required. Offer ends on the go-live date. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Ohio, this is your chance to get in on the action. Join today with promo code OHIO.